What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place to have the unfiltered experience with myself, Mr. Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, and I am joined tonight, of course, as always, by my brother in white. Uh, what do you got? You got you got light too. We both went light. Scott Coria right here coming in light. Last last Rush. week was the black shirts, black, and then this yes. week is the, I'm like I'm gonna wear white because I don't think he's gonna wear white, but you are white. It's a gray. It's a it's a light gray. It's a gray. It's after September, so I can wear my grays. You know what's gray. funny? My, it's no shit. My son said, "Hey, Dad, did you know you're not supposed to wear white after September?" Oh, he knows. <laughs> Five he years knows. old. I'm like, I don't know how that goes, but how do you know that? <laughs> I feel like in California and Texas, it's a bit different because it drifts into winter. You can do whatever the hell you want. Oh, I mean, totally. you're in the Northeast. I feel, you know, like there's like a hard stop where one day it's just cold. We still had nice weather. But who so. says you what color you can wear after what day? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I could care less. But if somebody wants to say it's got something to do with the seasons, you know, like like a crispness or a coldness, then it's still warm here. It's 100 degrees. I can I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still going to go with light colors. I still yeah. feel like I'm in the Caribbean. So I'm nice. Good. Well, let's uh, next week. Let's wear orange. I don't even have I'll orange. orange. I don't even have orange. I'll buy it. You'll buy I'll it. Steal it. I'll steal. I'll find orange. a pink one. I'll find a pink t-shirt. All right. I have a pink tie. I know that. Somebody said one time I wore a pink tie to an event. They're like, dude, you're wearing pink. And I said, yep, I can still kick your fucking ass and hang you with it. That's hard. <laughs> Trying to give me shit for wearing pink. Fuck off. Pink's a cool color. You know, it might actually uh, two two prominent colors of dress shirts. I have a lot of light blues and a lot of purples and pinks. My favorite. A black pair of pants with a pink shirt, sharp dude. It's looking yeah. sharp. Looking good. The ladies Clean will be crawling all over you. I don't know if they're crawling all over me, but they go, You look sharp, Scott. I like that. You look sharp, Scott. <laughs> you look sharp, Scott. And speaking of sharp, ladies and gentlemen, helphealhumanity.org is one of our favorite organizations that Scott and I like to promote here on the show. We appreciate uh, that you guys tune in every single week, whether you're live or on the replay. And we just ask for your support. Helphealhumanity.org is an amazing, amazing organization held, uh, ran by our friend Serena Buffalino, who is nonstop absolutely out there every single day, you know, making the world a better place for who she is and what she does. And that's something that Scott and I uh, highly, highly respect. And I'm on the board of directors with the organization. Scott is affiliated with the organization. And uh, we just ask that if you get value, when you get value out of these episodes, do what you can to help support the organization. Go over to helphealhumanity.org, hit that donate button. And if it's five bucks, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it is that you could do, perhaps you can support one of the students that we send to school uh, would be massively appreciated right now. If you, if you watch the news, which I really don't but serena actually sent me a news article the yeah. chaos and the uncertainty and the in the food insecurities there is actually just uh, it's, it's unbelievable it's unconscionable and during these times these chaotic times where the gangs are trying to take over the streets help heal humanity is still sending kids to school still sending kids to school and our goal is to be able to feed these kids three times a week they're not getting nourishment malnourishment uh, all over the world is going crazy right now but they're in uh, in haiti it's especially challenging so we ask for your support to help us send those kids to school to create a brighter future future for um, their families and for themselves and for their future generations. So helphealhumanity.org if you want to get involved with the organization, if you want to do a fundraiser in your local community, if you're looking for an organization where all the money goes towards whatever cause <clears throat> we're raising the money for, check us out and be uh, and go over there and help us out. We would appreciate you for doing that. How's your week going, Mr. Scott, before we bring in our guest? Chris, I, I feel like it's just pure chaos, and I think we can utilize that as a segue into today's discussion because, you know, you just brought up a, a strong point right now that, you know, there's a lot of chaos and disarray in Haiti right now. Um, I got the same articles that Serena sent to 
um, talking about there were two news reporters who were killed in the streets. Um, you see gangs trying to take over. And here's the reality, whether it's metaphorical or whether it's literal in our lives right now, there's a lot of gangs trying to take over. And so those gangs could be a specific political party, a fear we have. You know, there's things that are trying to infiltrate our peace. And I like to think of this. I like to think that one of the most beautiful things that we have as an opportunity and growth is the final lessons before we truly achieve something. There's going to be the most difficult, there's the friction, there's the biggest hill. And there's yeah. going to be a point where we're way ahead and we look back and that hill looks so small. But in this present moment, for a lot of us, that get that hill, that gang, metaphorical, literal, these things are stopping us from finding that peace. And I think we've got to try to redefine what sense of self means. So what's my part in, you know, making this world a better place? Who am I? How do I fit into this world? And I think that tonight we might have an expert in really helping us clarify that. Um, yes. I know he's going through some chaos today, too, because we just talked about it before we started. Yeah. So, uh, you want to throw the intro or should I slap it out there? Uh, go for it. Why don't you handle this okay. one? We're going to say this is our, our our sense, our sense of self expert and a beautiful friend and a wonderful human being, Lee Height. Jump on board with us. Lee What's Hite, up, Mr. Up? Lee? Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience <laughs> oh, for your God. second time. He's got white, too. He got the memo. The, you got the white memo. memo. Damn. I got the memo. I got the memo. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, brother Lee? How's your Friday going? How's your week? Friday's going good. Week week was a little chaotic. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking, and yeah, I mean, it's it's going around. So we can talk about that, you know, because it's it's something. Because you know, here's the thing that I think about whenever the the conversation of chaos comes up is that I remind myself, and it, it helps me kind of breathe into it, is that chaos always precedes the creation of something new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. yeah and, and when you think about that lee you think about the fact of what we've all been through in the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything else and all the different awakenings and different uprisings and different you know divisiveness that's gone on in the world what have what have the last i mean you and i are personal friends and we talk all the time but for the audience out there what have the last few years really brought for you and your growth and your transformation um as you continue to evolve and expand as lee height i mean it's been it's been pretty amazing i mean especially um you know, I was I was in a space on Clubhouse this morning, and boy, and it was chaotic too. It's like people who were generally there weren't there, and some new people showed up and contributed. And it was really, really, what happened was it was a very unusual opening. And what it did was the chaos shook things up and made space for new new contributors. Nice, which was awesome, and that's really very much the way I hold to the growth process, right? Because it's a process of letting, of letting things go and making space for new stuff, right? It's like, oh, this isn't working. So I take this out and I put it away. And that creates the space for something new. And say, like, oh, look at that. I can try the purple shirt instead of the orange shirt <laughs> or, or whatever. I mean, I, I, I can, I can be, I can let go of this anger and claim this peace, right? I can let go of this fear and claim this love. I can let go of this doubt and claim this sense of self. Right. I can I'm trading stuff off, trying trying new ways of being on to see see what see what works. I like and it. so the last I mean, the last year and a half, last couple of years has just been pretty amazing because I 
for myself, I was thinking, well, I was thinking back because remembered uh, a little over a year ago, Scott, well, it was a year ago, August, we finished 75 hard. Yeah. Which was, and I stepped on the scale this morning. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I weighed the, the same, 75 back? <laughs> no, I weigh the same today as I, as I did when I ended 75 hard. That's good. Dude, that's awesome. Day. Congratulations. And I'm in better shape. Oh, nice. so, so Lee, here's a question for you. Listen, one of the things, um, you know, a lot of us try to, you know, remove things, whether it's, you know, with intention or, or requirement necessity, um, from our life, it could be a, a partner, a job, um, uh, something that we're doing a behavior. And I feel like a lot of times when we create that space, we have a natural tendency to want to fill it quick. Cause we, we feel that void. Mm -hmm. Tell us um, some of the ways that, you know, you will allow or enable or empower that space to be filled. Because I have my ways that I do it, and I love hearing how people do it. You know, an example is if um, a lot of times people lose a job or they end a relationship and they immediately want to get somebody else or run to the next job and just take it. What do you do to make sure when that space has been revealed to you that what gets filled into that is an improvement and growth and moving forward and not same old, same old? It's a great question. Yeah, it's a great. That's a great question, Scott. And it's like it, it's interesting because it's because it is. We, we get so tempted to just kind of, you know, when somebody walks away, we, we go, "Oh my God, I got it." Certainty. It's like the illusion because it's we start we attach our own personal sense of being, our personal sense of worth, to the people that we surround ourselves with, or the people mm -hmm. that inhabit our lives, right? And it's a hard lesson and, and, and I'm better at it some days than I am at others. Right. I mean, because I'm human, right. Still here. Yeah. Haven't been mm -hmm. ascended yet. So there's still stuff to go. Still stuff to learn is to, to just pause and say, you know what? Okay. Yeah. And mm. take that breath. Love it. Take that breath. Yeah. Do you have an example of something that, that you've that you've experienced over the last couple of years where you had to do that, where a door is closed potentially or something is vacated and you've had to sit there and say, hey, let me take this pause? Yeah, I mean, I had I mean, I think we talked about it um, last fall when I when I was on the show. I mean, I, I walked away from I walked away from what was looking like it was going to be a long term relationship. And it clearly wasn't. I, mean, I got involved and it's like, no, <laughs> it's not working. It's not. It's not. And I was very disappointed because I had I had wrapped up a lot of my own feeling good about me, feeling good about life in the potentiality of that. And it took me a couple of weeks to just kind of chill out and go, you know, and just do the self-examination and say, okay, why was I so in a rush? Why and what was making it so attractive? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was it healthy me? Was it unhealthy me? And clearly, in, in retrospect, it was unhealthy me. Yeah. That was that was attaching to it. It was an unhealthy pattern, uh, so much so that I had to that I took the time to make the commitment to reset, reset my own sobriety date for SLAA. You want to explain that just for the people who don't know what that is? Yeah, SLA is sex and love addiction. So. So I reset my day. So I'm coming up on a year. Nice. Uh, Congratulations. It'll be, it'll be a year, what, October 25th. So cool. 
um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've been in and out, but it's like it was, you know, it was, it was I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of resets. You talk, mm-hmm. you talk with a lot of people in, um, in recovery, SAA and SLAA, SSAA is Sex Addicts Without Anonymous, and SLA, Sex and Love Addiction. Um, those two groups reset dates more than any other group. Really? Well, what, what determines what a reset is? Think, think about, think Great about, question. I want to think understand. about our environment and think about the media we look at because uh, sobriety, breaking sobriety for people in, in, in those two parts of recovery can be as much as taking a set for, for a guy or a girl can be as much as taking a second look. Really? It can be that strict depending wow. on where they are in their recovery. So, so this is a this is an amazing lead into the, the master discussion where we're going to talk about and just really understanding the sense of self and who self is. Because one of the things that, you know, I've had this discussion too, just even with my wife, even with friends where like, you know, what, what container are you playing in? You know, like what are the rules? You bring up a great point. Um, is, is it cool to, you know, she wants to go out dancing and stuff. She can just dance with guys. What does that look like? I love the fact that she gets to go dancing and enjoys herself. Right. Um, sometimes I just don't feel like going dancing. I mean, I'm getting older and, mm-hmm. and I just play basketball all day, you know, after work, or I just want to take a nap. I don't feel like dancing. So what, what does that look like for her? Um, what, you know, what does flirting look like for me? What do you guys allow within it? Um, and what are we trying to, what void are we trying to fill? Is this something like, you know, like, you know, uh, dad left, mom made me upset with woman because of the way she said, I always reminded her of my father or something. And so I'm trying to fulfill some like woman won't control me or it, it, it's very interesting stuff because I'm always trying to figure out who am I, where do I really achieve my fulfillment is sex or love a thing that adds value to who I am and enhances my humanity and brings me closer to spirit? Or is it just a thing that's an escapist, you know, moment um, just to handle some trauma? So how do you define that? And where does that sit? Because when I hear when I hear that, I remember hearing Wade Boggs was a sex addict when I was like 15. I'm like, what the hell is a sex addict? Because you're a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody wants sex in that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, aren't we all sex addicts? You know, like, yeah, there's, so. there's, I mean, there's a whole lot of definitions. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I'm not even sure it's in the DSM yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, because the last time, last time I, last time I spent time with a therapist, it still wasn't covered. Mm-hmm. And that was a few years ago. Um, so where do we start? Pardon me? Where do we start in understanding that? Because, you know, there's people who, have kinks. There's people who have this. Are they, are they sex addicts? Yeah. Are they expanding? Are they escaping? Are they enhancing? What are they doing? Yeah. So I mean, and, and it's, t- it's it's very difficult to define. And, and, and I'm going to try to keep it real simple. Cool. I'm going to try to keep it real simple. Yeah, that's simple. If it become if if any aspect of it, like you know, uh, pornography, um, movies. Um, obsessive compulsive behavior around relationships, around sexual relationships. Think of it, think, think of it, think of a think of a drug addict or an alcoholic and swap out the drugs and alcohol for sex, sex, right. sex yeah. relationships. So it introduces like a problem or it introduces perhaps it guilt or shame. 
starts getting the getting in the way of the rest of life, right? It's a problem. There you go. There you go. Right. So how do you give yourself grace? Well, because right, grace so, is so important. So say, say a guy or a gal is sitting in the office, right? And they've got their work computer, but they've got their they've got their phone sitting on their lap or sitting in their drawer, and it's dialed up to whatever website that they really shouldn't be on while they're working. You know, and while they're working, they're pulling the drawer out and they're taking peeks while they're working. Mm-hmm. It's getting in the way, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's just one example. I mean, that's one of many examples. One of many, many, many examples. What if I have a hydration issue and I just want to drink water all day? Is that the same thing? I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, because I really, like, like, here's the thing. So I always have my friends who are pot smokers and like, and they're like, I, I, I don't, I'm not stressed. I'm efficient. I'll take a toke. I'll go out at lunch. It's not impeding me at all. So right. I'm like, I always wonder where these lines are. And you bring up a very good point. You know, am I taking a hit? Am I, am I looking at a naked body? Am I drinking too much water? I mean, we can play this game all day long. I always right. wonder yeah. when yeah. it's it, so, hurting us. Right. So it, it, so it's one, is it getting in the way Two is how, what is it? What is that activity's relationship to my sense of self? Am I beating myself up with it in a, in a kind of a backhanded way? Absolutely, I was. Yeah, absolutely. And so, getting clear of it, and you know, and this is you know, something I talked about a while back. Is like I finally tapped into the genesis of of my addiction this past Ooh, year. Tell us about that. I really, I really, it's not something I really want to share. Okay. Um, because of the people involved. So, um, but eye opening, I mean, spectacularly eye opening and put a whole lot of things that I had in terms of, in terms of my growing up, my behaviors growing up, um, successes and failures in school, all kinds of stuff, self-defeating behaviors, you know, from, from sports to school to relationships to being horribly shy, all of it, all of it tied to that one incident. Wow. So you're able to re- you were able to go back and retrospectively kind of just examine the journey of your life and you came back and were like, where did things start to change? Is that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it was something that just kind of came up you know, I've been doing a lot of meditation. I've been doing a lot of writing. I've been doing a lot of talking. And all of a sudden, one day I was talking with somebody and it just came flying out of my mouth. Because that's part of the way I process, part of the way we've talked about it. Part of the way I process is by talking. Yeah. Stuff will come flying out of my mouth and I'll be like, wow. That was it. There it is. <laughs> Oof, there it's, it is. One of those things I just kind of went, oh, my God. So when we think about this conversation tonight, Lee, and thinking about finding that deeper sense of self, I think about identity. And I think about for me, like recently going camping and just like recognizing as I was sitting outside, I'm like, I'm constantly doing, I'm constantly doing. I shared this in the clubhouse room the other night, but I'm not being, 
and not being. And I sat there and I started to question my identity. And I sat there and I was thinking like, how many more different iterations am I going to go through in my life where I'm questioning who I am or questioning where it is that I'm going instead of just allowing that to naturally flow for people out there watching this. And we've got some amazing people watching this right now. What ideas or what suggestions do you have for them to get that introspective kind of viewpoint about their life without being judgmental and without being associating guilt or shame with some of those instances in their life? Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's crucial, Scott, uh, Chris, and, and and Scott both, because the minute we stop questioning, or the minute we stop asking ourselves constructive questions, yeah, you know, and and I like to stay, I like to stay away from the why questions myself. For me, it's what, what's what? motivating me, what's lighting me up, what am I really interested in, what makes me smile, you know, those kind of questions. Or what's behind that? What's dri what's driving me to make that decision? Right? Uh, whether it be constructive or destructive, self-constructive or self-destructive. You know, and, and, you know, is um for example, I decide to take a speaking gig and I show up for the speaking gig and I've got my notes and I'm walking up there and you know, the butterflies are feeling like dive bombers. What am I going to do? Right? What do I do? What does my training teach? My training teaches me to say, okay, I go have a conversation with the dive bomber butterflies in my stomach, say, what's going on? You know, so that we can, you know, am I, am I, is this excitement or am I scared because I don't prepare it? That's a good point. Right? So, you know, it's about, talking to that fear what's showing up as fear and saying okay we need to fly in formation because this is what i understand is this is just energy and in order to use the energy and transform that fear into something that is functional to a higher level of functionality right and, and turn that take that and, and add it to the performance we need to get we need to get this squared away, get y'all flying information so we can go and get this done. Right. So we ask the question, what is this really about? What is the fear really about? What is the anxiety I'm feeling really about? Right. So we start we keep asking the questions because if we stop asking, the if I don't if I still stop and ask that question, I'm going to go up and I'm going to stumble through the first three minutes of that talk. Yeah, Chris, absolutely. you know that, Scott, you know that you, you both speak publicly. You understand it. if you don't take the time to breathe through it, understand it, grab a hold of it and use it, then it becomes self-destructive. And that is the kind of thing that, that will happen over and over and over in any any area of our life if we're not approaching it from a real from a conscious place. Yeah. This last week was so chaotic. I was so out of sync with myself that on two of my stops, because I do I do facilities maintenance work during the day. Twice I left my tool bag behind. Oh wow. That's not like you. No, doesn't happen. <laughs> doesn't yeah, you're happen. very meticulous. Right. And so it's like, so that's the kind of week it was. And so I had to stop and say, okay, what's going on here? It's like I was just I was very distracted. I had some other had some personal stuff I was working on. I was just distracted. And I wasn't paying attention. And so I had to stop <laughs> and go, okay, we need to reground, recenter. And once I stopped and did that, I took five minutes sitting in my van, 
Yeah, we're going, okay, we need to recenter, we need to refocus, otherwise the rest of the week is gonna suck. So I did that and the rest of the week went fine. It's what got, everything got squared away. But I had gone unconscious in terms of moving through my day-to-day life and like one of my great mentors, one of my favorite mentors, Dr. Ernest Forks, he was this great teacher I had in ministerial school. And he looked at me one day, he says, Lee, or Lee, <laughs> big, deep voice. When you go unconscious, there are casualties. And that first casualty is you. Mm, true. Wait, let me ask you a question, because because uh, you're, you're speaking my language where I've really been hyper-focusing and trying to be super present. Um, I've really been trying to better understand techniques and have even more tools in my tool belt to share with my clients and for myself as well to help people manage, reprogram and or deprogram that 90% of the subconscious mind that drives us day to day while we have the 10% conscious mind. You just said something that I want to just posit it and just say, could we flip it? Because you said when you get unconscious, but I'm almost thinking this, you wouldn't forget your tool belt. You wouldn't forget your stuff because that's already programmed effectively into the subconscious mind. That's part of the, like, that's Lee's thing. You got that. Right. So what if what's happening as we're becoming more conscious, let's just make up a number. Let's say 90% of our subconscious mind drives us. What if the universe is saying, all right, guys, I see you want to wake up. I see the presence. I see the effort. What if 10% more of that subconscious mind just became conscious and now you're like oh shit now i have to actively remember my tool belt i have to actively and the only reason i'm saying this is because i'm feeling some of the same stuff it almost feels like chaos because of overload what if suddenly we're coming off automatic autopilot and we're we're given a little more and a little more and a little more of consciousness and now in that management it's becoming a struggle so Think of like the concept of I am. What if it's saying I am consciousness? We've been asking for it. We've been asking for our truth. We've been saying I am enough. I am creator. And now the universe is saying, okay. <laughs> and they're like, oh, right, shit. right. Oh, and shit. you know what? I like that subconscious mind. That's been serving me well. Well, absolutely. And one of the, uh, and interestingly enough, <laughs> interestingly enough, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you flipped it because I like I like playing flip the script, mm-hmm. right? So. One of one of the occurrences of leaving the the tool bag behind, not the first one, but the second one, was right after I had done something new. I had I had like had a, I'd had like a stretch event in terms of stuff I do at work. Right, I just taken on something. I knew I could do it but it was going to take me some time and there was some learning involved. And it was like, that, that is, you know, this is one of those things, right. That I usually turn over to somebody else because they can do it five times faster than I could. Sure. <clears throat> and so I did it. And then it was like fixing, it was fixing one of my pieces of equipment myself and was swapping out a fuse, blah, 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 blah. you know, all that you done that. And then I got my work done and I was walking out feeling pretty good about myself and went on to the next stop. And it's like, I got there and did something else. And it's like, oh, hey, can you da, 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 da. And I went to the and bag wasn't there. But going back to what we were talking about, it was right after a stretch event. Right. And I agree because we were talking about this earlier. 
chaos always preceding something new, right? Mm. So chaos. So we have those, we have these chaos events, we, those, these chaos periods where we start swapping things out. We start letting things go and, and allowing new things in. And yeah, that there's some, there's some reorientation and some regrounding that, that takes place as a part of that process. Yeah. So yeah, it's a refocus. There's a refocus. It's kind of like, wow, I've got these spots on my glasses. I need to wipe them off and you, and you put them back on. It's like, oh, wow, I can see that. Right? Yeah. So, so all that old stuff is like, those are the spots on the glasses and we put them back on and say, oh, look, I see better. Yeah. I, I, I just think there's maybe, and, and, and again, like where I think we're all the same way, like all three of us are the same way. It's like, if there's an opportunity for me to grow more efficiently, effectively, and sustainably, then let's, let's play in that space. So I always try to say, okay, if there's this, is it this, is it that? So if we are becoming somewhat more conscious to reprogram the subconscious mind to be more efficient, kind, effective, supportive, and not that you can't, you're not enough and all that stuff, right. maybe that's what's happening. Maybe part of like the consciousness awakening is we're gonna reboot that which in human form, the subconscious is now supporting us and not saying you're not enough. So, I mean, I'm kind of seeing it as this right now. I'm trying to super actively be as conscious as I can so that the voices are saying to me like, Scott, you know you're enough, you got this. So I have a support system instead of something that's yanking me down. So maybe like you said, you're you're doing new things with opportunity to reprogram because the subconscious mind is not a bad thing. If it yeah. stops me from walking into a fire and burning myself or makes me slam on the brakes last second when I wasn't fully paying attention, thank you. I appreciate right. you. <laughs> right, right. It's like it's fear. Like I said, you know, we're talking about, you know, fear has its place. Fear has fear yeah. has its, has its useful moments, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> However, one, yeah, it's like we're. I think we've we've talked about. This. Is it? Is that event? Is this event a ro a road sign or a stop sign? Yeah. Right. Is this is this a like a stop sign saying, "Oh my God, you're going to kill yourself if you keep going," mm -hmm. or this? energy saying i'm going to protect you it's like i'm going to protect you from the change that i fear yeah. you say you want this change this is me saying are you sure sure mm -hmm. little right. little checks and balances in there right. I just wanna... like, are you sure this is the way you want to go right <laughs> right. right right yeah um hold that thought i just want to grab some of these comments right here we got tom miller in the house he says hello lee hello tom thank you for being here and spending your time tom with us called, uh, high school buddy What's hey, up? What's ah, tell us some dirt on Lee. We got beautiful Mary Kay in the Drop house. In says, the Hello, all you handsome guys. Hello, beautiful Mary Kay. We got Robert in the house. We got Anya in the house from Clubhouse. So what's up, Anya? Hope you're having a beautiful Friday and your week is uh, mellowed out. And everybody's saying hello to each other because we're all beautiful, uh, amazing people. Mary Kay says, congratulations, Lee, on your reset date. And uh, Robert says here, he goes, I suspect that flowing agape love may be addictive. If so, then I am, then I happily am. Absolutely. Robert's got some more things to say. What's up? We got Nelly in the house. Uh, Mary Kay says uh, that dang autopilot mode. Yep. Our great Sally Anderson, our friend and coach Sally Anderson talks about that. Are we in uh, autopilot or we in default mode or we in, in, uh, in awareness mode. Um, so I think about that, but I think about, you know, what we're talking about tonight, I think it's a beautiful opportunity for all, for all of us is that 
when we go back to our expectations, right? What is our expectations about our life and our growth? You know, I've talked to some people recently and they said, you know, they're just so tired of going through what we call the hero's journey. Like, you know, having to go through that chaos and having to go through that turmoil and, and reconsidering what it is that we're focusing on most. Like I shared with both of you guys, I was so dead set on focusing on coaching and everything else that all of a sudden it just came to me in the last couple of weeks. Like I'm going to reset and go after, go after speaking now. And in right. some ways it's like, you know, that's exciting for me, but my expectation was that I was so deeply rooted and so invested in going after the coaching and doing workshops and everything else, that disappointment, frustration, resentment, all those different negative emotions were starting to pop up for me. But then when I switched my expectation to say, this is God's source universe's little way of saying, Hey, Chris, that's not supposed to be where you're focusing at. You always like speaking on stage. You've been talking about speaking on stage. This is not the thing for you right now. How about going back to something that you're truly passionate about? And so I think let's talk about expectations and what we can do to help the viewer and the listener, like readjust their expectations about this hero's journey and about the opportunity for us to be aware and present, like we're talking about to, to realize that the chaos really is a setup for something that we may need to evaluate and see what we can do differently. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, absolutely. Here's the thing that comes to mind, Chris, we talk about, talk about the journey and we talk about chaos. We talk about, you know, all the stuff, man. And quite honestly, in most of the conversations I get involved in, and I'm, I'm as, I'm as guilty of it as the next guy. And it's a shift that I, that I am becoming very intentional about making <clears throat> understanding the universe law of attraction cause and effect as I do, because I've been studying it for 47 years. Life will show up for us as we are to it. Mm-hmm. There's a mental cause. There's a mental slash spiritual cause back of every event in our lives. Good, bad, or indifferent. We get to name it, right? We get to label it as it shows up. Or even before it shows up, we set it in motion. <clears throat> so it's one of those good news, bad news situations. Right. We look back at our lives and say, OK, if I created any of it, I, I, any of it, I created all of it to one degree. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Is that an assumption you're saying? Yes, that's okay. the assumption. Gotcha. That's the assumption that I operate from. Hurts some days. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And. But, you know, if, if the law of attraction is true, right. If, if, if we and we all assume, I think most of us here in the space assume that the law of attra- attraction is real and that we create our lives. We are source. We are creator. Right. So that also means that I get to create that I get to participate in the way it unfolds. I get to set I get to set the not only the substance, but the tone. Right. Not just what, not just the tree, but the color of the tree, not the grass, not just the grass, but I want soft green grass under my feet with no stickers. <laughs> Welcome awesome. to Texas. Welcome to Texas. Yeah, dude, I lived yeah. in Texas for 13 years. Yeah, we have a beautiful lawn, but you walk through it and it looked pretty, but it ain't. <laughs> had a great one acre lawn in Joshua. Loved it. So. What I'm like, I think what I'm saying is, is that we don't have to make if we're creating it. Why are we creating it hard? Mm-hmm. Why, are we saying, why are we saying that growth has to be hard? 
the pain and suffering involved in growth has to do is I believe is directly tied to the degree of resistance that I have to the degree, the degree of resistance involved in me holding on to the way I am rather than the way I want to be. Amen. So that pain, the pain I experience has to do with me holding on to stuff. It's not about where I'm going to, it's about what I'm moving from. Uh Yeah. So if I can let go easily those things that no longer serve me, then that growth process is smooth, joyful, loving, peaceful, all that stuff, rather than the high drama that we seem to be up and that we seem to have been up until now addicted to mm-hmm. as a human race. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't have to be that way. It, it doesn't, and it's pure attachment. We I had a great conversation yesterday, Lee, that I think you'll appreciate because it goes hand in hand with what we're saying. Um, I took away two beautiful points from the person I was talking to, and we're going to end up doing some stuff together in the future. Um, I'm coaching his son at this time. And the end of the summary of the conversation was two things. He said, don't do business with assholes and choose joy in everything you do. And I want to break that down with what you just said, because think of this, okay? Like right now, my daughter's in school, in high school, and this is what the conversation is, is in the house. I have to take that AP class because... You know, if I take it, I'm going to get ahead and college is going to be easier and this and this and this. All she talks about is she wants to paint and there's all these local places she can put her paintings up and she can start selling them. And there's a painting class she could take year round the whole year that she's going to be able to do that now. Joy, everything she wants. She goes, but this history class, it's AP. The counselor says she take it. So I'm sitting here saying, I'm like, you just told me what's going to make you happy. I see what elevates you. You want to be an artist. Why do you give a shit about AP history? Because somebody told you. And 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 I'm sitting here like trying to explain that to her. And here's the thing. Everyone's always saying the world's not going to be easy. It's all about suffering. And the human condition and humanity has been built around suffering. But if we believe, which we've all said, that we are creator and we are source, we come from a place of per- perfection in this duality we've created all of it and now we have the potential if maybe we went a little bit astray to heal it we can find joy in everything we do listen to that again how simple that is if you believe that you are a co-creator in this universe a perspective point of source a fractal whatever the hell you want to call it and here we are creating and maybe we went astray then today we can all make the decision to choose joy. Now, this is the resistance I got because then I went and shared this with my class, my business class, and they, this is what came back. Yeah, but people are going to die. Bad things are going to happen. I say, you're right. So I can choose joy, fill my cup with joy. And now my reaction to those other things that are byproducts from old society won't impact me as much because I can fill the world around me with joy because I'm full. Yes. I'm not saying this place is perfect. I'm not saying that I'm not going to have a bad day, but I can choose joy in everything I do. And that's going to be make me the light and the light's going to change things. Not me saying you need to do this. You need to do this. It's just be the light filled with joy. I do believe the basis is that simple. Is there other stuff that it's a variable that's going to affect you? Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great point. This is, and this is part, part, part of the beauty of it is that,
trying to find a simple way to explain this. So at the level of consciousness, right? So we have our conscious mind, we have subjective mind, subconscious mm -hmm. mind. At the level of subjective mind, I'm going to say subjective because there's a reason for that. It's at that level of subjective mind that we're all connected, mm -hmm. right? That's where the universal, it's called race mind, but human race, right? Is all connected at that level of consciousness. So when we grow, I mean, that's where the collective is. So as, so as my little point shifts from fear to joy, or from fear to love, right? That has a subtle, that's just dropping my little pebble in the pond and that flows out to everybody else. So there's my pebble, there's Scott's pebble, there's Chris's pebble, 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 pebble. It's just, we keep flipping those coins. We keep flipping those pebbles and saying, okay, we're gonna flip all the pebbles from fear to love. And at some point, we reach critical mass and they all flip, right? It's that hundredth monkey principle. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. The book from the eighties, the hundredth monkey, right? Never you never heard, you don't. Know, okay. Thumbnail oh, sketch. The <laughs> hundredth monkey. The hundredth monkey. Thumbnail sketch. I'm going to make this as short as I can. There are two, and this is, this really happened. So scientists are studying two islands in the Pacific. They each, have, they each have these monkeys, and the monkeys eat sweet potatoes. They grow wild all over the island. All of a sudden, one little monkey, one young monkey, takes a sweet potato down to the water, rinses it off, and then eats it. Another monkey sees that and says, oh, that looks like a good idea. Blah, da, 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 da. When the hundredth monkey on that island does the same thing, they all start doing it. But mm. not just on that island, on the next time, and they've never met the other monkeys. That they, was wow, the crazy they've shit. Never, they, they've never connected. They've never seen. No touch. No contact. All wow, the that's crazy. Start washing mm -hmm. the sweet potatoes. True story. That, that's what you're talking about. That connection at that at uh -huh. different the frequency. Critical mass, the mass. Level, at the level yeah. of consciousness, the universal subjective consciousness this is what you know. The old classic metaphysicians called it in the late 18th. Late 19th into the 20th century. Universal subjective consciousness is where we're all connected hmm. because it is subject to the subjective to the degree that it is subject to the impress of conscious thought. Right. So once the once that critical mass is hit, everything changes. That's why world peace meditation works. That's why collective meditation works, collective prayer works. That is why all that stuff works is because we're connected at that subjective level in consciousness. And that's something that needs to be shared more and more and more because we've got arguments between people who disagree with like, well, meditation's Buddhist and that's not Christian and prayer's Christian. It's not this. Listen, when you put thought out there and everyone puts thought out there simultaneously, that critical mass impact is made, period. This yeah. is energetic. Define it how you want. Call it God, universe, creator, energy. Right. It, it, it's scientific reality that can be displayed in just what you said. And I, a lot of times I see somebody say, prayer warriors come out. I'll gently say something like, the more of us who do this, the better. Because I'll use a word like critical mass is met. This is going to come to fruition. And, right. and, and just say it in a way that like the people who might not want to get involved because there's multiple beliefs. It's the same damn thing. 
bring the energy, bring the thought, bring the sweet potato cleaning. <laughs> We're going to see some value. In yeah, the it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's funny because, you know, talking about the old, the old metaphysicians, right? And so, um, I remember I started, I hopped in the clubhouse about a year and a half ago. And I heard all these people say, you know, coming out with all these phrases that I, that I had heard that I started hearing 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they were throwing them out there like there was some brand new thing <laughs> just discovered. Da, 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 da. And it's funny because I was helping, I'm helping teach a class on Tuesday nights now. It's a beginning basic metaphysics class. Wow. Uh, out of the church, of the church that I've been helping support. And it was part of the reading. And part of the reading was basically, I'm going to paraphrase it. I meant to bring it because I was going to give you the page and paragraph number and all that stuff. But the basic message, the basic uh, basics of it was that um, the if the universe is working for us, not against us. Amen. Right. And we, we how many times have you, we heard that in various spaces? You know, Keep saying it. this is a book written in 1926. Wow. What was that like Neville Goddard or something? Or? Nope. Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. Cool. It's a book I've been teaching from for decades. I love it. And I love the fact that it all goes back to simplicity. Like, like you right? start reading the most simple stuff. You're like, why have we complicated this? Mm -hmm. yeah, why are we making it hard? Why are we making ego? It hard? And I get it. I mean, I get, I get, yeah, I get, yeah, ego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get that. I, and that's why it's like my, that's why my LL, my LLC is called Simple Spirit 101 because I'm you. all about keeping stuff simple because <laughs> trust me, you guys know me. I can do the rabbit hole conversations with the best of them. I can break it down into itsy bitsy little bitty pieces and get into all that stuff. But you know what? None of that matters. Mm -hmm. The things that matter are the things that are going to help me change my life. And the things mm -hmm. that are going to help me change my life is understanding first and foremost, that the dominant tendency of my thought, the dominant tendency of my thinking, where my, where my train of thought, where my patterns of thought go on a day to day basis, those are the things that are going to create my life. Mm -hmm. Not any one thought specifically, and, and trust me, affirmations mm -hmm. work, visualizations work, all that stuff works. And in the end, what matters is what is the dominant tendency of my thinking? Right. Because that's, that is those, those that is the pattern that is going to determine the how easily it happens, how receptive I am to the, my increasing good, how receptive I am to, to a healthy body, mind, spirit. Mm -hmm. I rarely, if ever, get sick. Chris, have you ever heard me talk about being sick? Nope. I had COVID early on, knocked me down for about three days. I had it early. I mean, I'm talking February, March of the first wave. Wow. Didn't even know it. Didn't even realize it until afterwards when I looked at the looked at the symptoms and all that stuff. I had been in Portland for a meeting. When I came home three days later, boom, I was down for three days. And I it just it doesn't happen. I don't that doesn't happen to me. And I mean I got exposed to the Delta variant, felt like a cold for a couple of days. I got it from our mutual friend. 
Oh. <laughs> I had a sit down meeting with him and he called me the next day, dude, I got tested positive for Delta. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, man. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I've been right across the desk from him and I ended up, you know, it felt like a cold for a couple of days. But I just don't get sick. Because mm -hmm. you don't allow that, that negative energy to get in your mind. Just not, it's not a thing, man. I'm too, I, it's like, I keep, I get, is something, there's, there's this message in my head. It's like, I have too much to do. I have too <laughs> much to do in my life. I don't have time to get sick. And usually when it does happen, I'll feel it coming on. And if I stop for like 20, if I just take a day, I can short it. I can mm -hmm. short it out. So, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to take a day. I hear it because I feel I can feel it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take a day. Then I don't get sick. Not sick sick. Right. So it just slows me down. Super Lee. It's just my thing, man. Everybody's got their thing. For me, it's Everybody's that. Everybody's got their thing. Well, wow, guys, we've already been talking for 50 minutes. Can't wow. believe that. Tom Miller came back in and said, no can do. Shit flows in both directions. Absolutely. Appreciate that. We've got, uh, let's see, Nelly says here, uh, kind of like birth points in growing. It feels like the angst is overwhelming, but it doesn't last long relatively. Absolutely. And uh, what what kind of things can we close out with, Lee, and thinking about this this conversation tonight? What could you encapsulate for people who are listening to this in that simple way, that one-on-one, yeah. for them to start that process of having a deeper and a more meaningful connection with themselves? Yeah. keep Like I said, keep it simple. Take time to be still. Take time in your day. I don't care if you meditate, you write, you read, whatever. Just take time to be still. Mm -hmm. You know, and if, you, and if it's not a practice that you have, start small. Take three minutes. Doesn't have to be twenty. You have to sit down and meditate and om and chant and da 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 da, da all that nonsense. I do that. I call it nonsense, but you get the point. <laughs> I love it too. It doesn't have to be a big. Just just take time to be still. I am not like sitting meditation is not necessarily my thing. For me, I have to, I, I need to be more active, so I take walks. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I take walks. I'll take the headphones out. You know, put the phone in my pocket. You know, and I'll just go walk. Yeah, you know, or I'll do some martial arts or something like that. But it's just something that keeps me singled focused and quiet and still. Yes, Mary Kay. Yes. Mary Kay watching the birds in my backyard. Yep. Yep. So just take time to be still and quiet. That's the first thing. Journaling is great. Um mm -hmm. And it's like some of my, some of the students in my class on Tuesday nights, they're saying, well, what about, you know, I really don't journal. It's a, start with gratitude. Start a gratitude yeah. journal. Yes. That okay. is a, that is the easiest way to start journaling, I think. And start with like three things. Mm -hmm. Three things in the morning, three things in the evening. Just write them down. And then maybe after a week, you start saying, you might feel, well, let me just write a little bit about how I feel about that. And just see what happens. Try it. Journaling is not for everybody, but it's helpful. Mm -hmm. I agree. You never know what's going to come out of it. The first five or 10 minutes maybe feel awkward or uncomfortable, but as you get in that flow and as you get in that green light space where you're not judging anything that you're writing and you're allowing yourself to have that flow state, it's incredible what some things can come up. Well, Lee, Lee brought up a good point. He said a lot of the good things that come out where he has his aha moments through speaking. So he's recognized speaking. Some people might be through just active thinking. They might be walking, it pops in their head. Some people put it to paper. Figure out where you channel because every one of us is connected to source. So 
sometimes I used to write poetry and sometimes I write something and I was like, whoa, but now it's more speaking because I'm doing podcasting, coaching and teaching that I'll have, I mean, I, I, I'm often channeling when I'm speaking, I'm, I'm directed to source, but sometimes I'm like, whoa, it's almost like driving the highway. Like, was I just talking the last two minutes? And then I listen to a recording. I'm like, wow, did I say that? And, and it doesn't matter where it came from. It, it flowed through you for a reason in that moment. Yeah. So whether it's writing, speaking, walking, thinking, just make sure that you're processing that so that you're identifying those spaces. Like you said, whether it's a message of change or something you need to know or whatever it is. And find, mm -hmm. and find some, yeah, find and find some people. Surround yourself with people. I mean, we have our little crew, and you know, we've got you know, we've got our clubhouse crew, and and you know, find your find your find your tribe, man. Amen. Find your tribe. I mean, that that will, makes a huge difference. That will make all the difference in the world, you know. And if you don't have a tribe and you want to talk to somebody, call me. Reach out. I'll talk to you. Call him. Call him. You actually can call him right here. You can actually go to social. Yeah, yeah. You can actually go to socialtap.com forward slash Lee Height H I T E for you guys listening on the podcast. It's up here on the screen. Sociatap S O C I A T A P dot com forward slash L E E H I T E. Right there. They can also get a hold of you on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Lee Height one. Yep. Facebook.com forward slash Lee Height dot or Lee dot height one. The right. number one. Yeah, Sociotap's got all my, it's like my Sunday talk stuff. I've got two more Sunday talks coming up. I've got one in October, one in November. Um, those aren't in there yet, um, but all like all the old ones are there. Um, the series I did this last summer, which was pretty awesome. That was fun. That's in the actual chat <clears throat> so people can see that as well. Brother yeah. Lee, thank you for being here on the Unfiltered Experience. Once again, we're going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere. Scott and I still want to chat with you for a second. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The time always goes by fast and we'll definitely have you back on again as one of our regular guests. So thank you for shining your light, brother. Thank you for being a brother to me. I appreciate you. You bet. Don't go anywhere. Appreciate it. And there we have it, Mr. Scott, another brilliant conversation with a fellow like-minded thought provoking individual who expands beyond the horizons of what is normally thought of. What are some of your thoughts and what we would discuss tonight? What spoke to you the most? <clears throat> yeah, I like, um, Again, I like the, I mean, you know, I'm always talking about extending the sense of self and prior to doing that, you got to figure out where you're at in this present moment. So, you know, to the point of, Hey, here I am sitting in this chaos and the world feels all, all so overwhelming, start dancing in different spaces, ask questions, you know, like the one that Lee and I were just kind of going through. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the reason you're forgetting things is because you you're getting off autopilot, you're putting your car into manual and you're driving. And so, Maybe you're in an active space of reprogramming the subconscious mind, subjective mind. Maybe we're going to hit that critical mass where whatever it is you're learning is going to be learned by all. But understand this. Listen to that monkey example. You might be the hundredth monkey. You might be the person who plants the seed to start that process going. But whatever it is that you're bringing to the table, the change starts with you. And that's a hard thing to believe. Like you're telling me, if I change one thing in me, the world can change. A 18 year old, you or I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, 35 year old me would have been like, huh? Yeah, it's it's not like it's that far removed from where we are now. So, so listen to the simple science that Lee explained. We we're talking about that hundredth monkey because imagine this, 99 monkeys before us, 99 people before us said, let's, instead of the sweet potato example, let's say, I want to be the change I want to see. So I'm going to lead with kindness. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the world becomes more kind. 
and you're the hundred and you're not sure why don't even worry about it just bring the kindness you might be the 50th one and there's 50 to go but you are going to be part of that change and there's so much beauty and so much power within that don't deny your power just be it um mm -hmm. i want to end with one last thing chris because this was really weird and i didn't share this but i was thinking about it i was in a bad space today where i think what happens is i'll compartmentalize and i always talk about this emotions from things in the past and how I manage it is I think I get to a place where my cup is filled with joy, which we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then my body goes, he's ready. And the universe says, we're going to release some of those old emotions. And then it comes out and I'm not sure how to filter it. So I felt really gross all day, like sadness and anger, almost like I was juggling sadness and anger and it was pouring out of my body without a direct understanding where it's coming from. So I'm just trying to just not be an ass to people. And so I go to the gym. I'm like, I'm just going to be a kind person. Dude, I've never seen anything like this at this gym. People were getting in fights. Kids were going in on the parking lot, chasing each other. Some kid threw his drink in the middle of the court and told everyone to F off and ran. Wow. And I honestly thought, like, maybe, like, I was bringing it and somehow trying to remove it and dump it and process it. And, and the reason I'm sharing this is, I really believe in the energy that we're bringing to places because usually I show up into a room. I'm going to change that room for the better. Mm -hmm. I knew I was bringing nothing good. To, I, there was something in me that I selfishly, not selfishly, I wanted to go release that. Mm -hmm. And something went haywire there. And I really want to sit and process it. Maybe that's another show we can have lead back and talk about that. But I was really thinking about, did I create that? Mm, wow. And if I created some of it, I created all of it. Like we could have done all this in the show. I don't want to like, but I want, you know, everyone who's listening to, to think about that. Maybe we come back and have another show because typically I take those deep breaths and I bring an energy that changes the room for the better. And I do a great job at that. I almost felt like I should have maybe just stayed in the house today <laughs> and let that dissipate. Cause I'm like, I didn't actively say anything mean to anybody. I was even trying to break it up, but I almost felt like, I was throwing up negative energy all over the place and people were receiving it because it was very uncharacteristic of those people. And so I want you to understand what your power is, whether perceived good or bad, and really start to focus on what you're bringing to the table because your energetic um, add to what's going on in the world can change the world starting with you. I really believe that we're super powerful. We have to recognize that and we have to start doing stuff to contribute to the change starting right here and not starting fights through negative energy in the basketball. <laughs> I know it's off crazy, but it's just been weighing on me today. I'm like, did I do that? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's understandable just to think that, but I think a lot of people are just going through that chaotic, this chaotic moment in our lives. You know, I've got friends in the spiritual space or the, the, what do you call it? The fucking, cards and the moons and all the other stuff i'm not sure exactly. this and flip yeah, my yeah the bad moon hands. rising and all the other stuff like oh yeah the moon's crazy and the waters whatever i think it's just a point of awakening i think it's you know something that we're all experiencing and i think that's what the world is calling for right now is for not for us to go out there and change the world externally but to start within ourselves and that was the reason for this conversation tonight is to be able to sit there and say okay what can i take from this and how can i work better on myself and how can i fight less with myself and allow more things to flow and I think that's the message that I've been getting recently is like, again, like when I was camping, I was like, I'm always doing, I'm always doing, I'm always doing, but when am I really being? And what would it feel like just to be and not have to worry about fighting and trying and pushing and just allow things to happen, knowing and trusting that it's all going to work out for my greater good because it always has my entire life. 
And so instead of trying to control things and manipulate things and try to have certainty and outcomes and safety and that, that feeling of, of, I guess, arrogance in a way of knowing, just allow it to happen and enjoy the moments as they happen and not have, not bring up all that other sludge and everything else. And when that stuff comes up to ask myself, how do I feel about that? Why am I bringing this up? Is this something that's tied to perhaps like what Lee said, you know, is this something that's tied to something that happened way back in my past that I'm, I can now allow to let go and I can release and not have any shame or guilt or anger or resentment towards what would happen? How would I feel like if I sat there and I let that go, you know, do the ceremonial thing. Like, you know, you always suggest like write it down on a piece of paper and burn it. Say, I allow that to go. How would that feel? How would that feel to no longer have that monkey on your back? A different kind of monkey. Um, so that's what I'm trying to embrace. That's what I'm sitting there going, okay, what signs are being told for me to go in a new direction versus fighting to try to stay in the same space that I'm at because I have that sunk cost bias. So I think it's a beautiful conversation. I think that's what's going on in the world today is that most of us need to look internally rather than externally. And I see so many people out there trying to, well, if they did this and you should do this and those people with this label, I don't agree with them. They should, you know, those people are just going to, just going to wind up sitting there in frustration and not doing anything, not taking any, any traction, but the people here on the show and ourselves and you, myself and Lee, we're the ones that are going to continue to evolve. We're going to be part of those hundred monkeys. They're going to be able to sit back and, and, and relax and be like, Wow, look at all those people. Isn't that interesting? I'm glad I'm not like those people. So I would welcome it. That's what I'm doing. I'm sitting there embracing it. I've got beautiful people like you guys in my life that help me go through those transitionary phases so I can help other people and become a better version of myself. So thank you for that. And uh, for everybody else out there in radio land and visual video land, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Check us out, theunfilteredexperience.com. If you're not already a part of the Facebook community, join us there. Let us know what types of guests, what types of topics you would like. Last couple of weeks, we're going deep. We had Susan Marie on last week. So if you missed that show, go back and check it out. Susan Marie's a, a fan favorite here of the show, and she goes deep. And we talk about all sorts of different things, metaphysical, and how we can sit there and expand our mindsets about ourselves and release a lot of this thought that we need to have that control and everything else. So go to www.theunfilteredexperience. And uh, let's see, who do we have next week, Mr. Um, next week we have, who do we have next week coming up next, coming up next week? We have a solo show. So uh, yeah, you, you had, you had brought up an idea for a subject. So uh, do you remember what that idea was? I would love next week. I want, what I would, what I would like to do is, you know, we don't promote ourselves, you know, enough subtly. We're just saying, I would like to dig deep and ask Chris some questions to find out a little bit more of where people need to utilize Chris the best. Because one of the things that I've seen is, you know, you have a line to why and, you know, you know where you want to be and you've got a mission. And I think the universe takes care of that how. So let's ask some questions that's going to set up an LEU pass for that universe to plug you in, because there's so much that you can bring to the table, whether it's motivational speaking. Maybe what we can do is get everybody on the show and start talking about places where they could see you fit best as a speaker. Because we had that conversation today. Um, you know, is it with people in um, associations? Is it in schools? Is it is in management? Is it um, in a college environment? But let's find that space, and uh, I'm gonna do it for you. My gift cool. to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Super. And uh, let's see, we got uh, Mary Kay says, be love. Uh, Nelly says, I dig Lee. Oh, yeah. Anya says, amazing conversation. Uh, Robert you. says here, thank, thanks all three of you. Thank you, Robert, for being here as always. Nelly says, thank you, Lee. We put this, we put the link up here in the chat so you guys can go click it directly and have some time with Lee. Marlene's in the house. She says, doodling is all the rage. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that. My wife loves to doodle. Um, I like to do mind maps. 
We got Ron in the house. What's up, Ron? Visiting Ron. family. We'll watch the replay. Love you guys. We love you, Ron. We appreciate you. And of course, I'll go back and I will uh, I will check out Robert's uh, comments here. Appreciate you, Robert. Anya says, here, I go for a walk too. Uh, Marlene says, I go to paint. So yeah, whatever it is that you guys do, do that, be that, go to those spaces, enjoy those times more and more. And we love and appreciate you guys here on the unfiltered experience. We'll be back here next week, 5 PM Pacific standard time, 8 PM Eastern standard time. Myself, Christopher Roush and the beautiful Scott Goyette. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you out there. Go out, have an amazing weekend. Enjoy your moments and be the change you bitch about. Be that. <laughs>